Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are around the world. Welcome back to the podcast, Biblical Truth Central. I'm Brother D. Back again with yet another episode. Um, I'm alive, I'm well, I'm blessed. Especially to be able to make yet another episode. You know, I've always said that, you know, if you have the opportunity to sit up, get out of bed, open your eyes and place your feet onto the ground after you have been asleep all night, you have an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody. Your purpose has not yet been fulfilled because your heart is still beating. Your mind is still functioning. You still have purpose. And each and every waking moment that we have, we need to be giving glory to God. So just me sitting here recording this podcast is a blessing to have an opportunity to give glory to the one and only true God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Some of you may know him as Yahweh. Some of you may know him as Yah. Some of you may know him as Jehovah. Some of you may know him as Abba, Father, Lord. He goes by many aliases, but he is the great I Am. He who has created men from the dust of the earth and breathed life into his nostrils and and the generations and generations and generations have come upon the earth all the way to now and in this episode of biblical truth central i'm i'm i want to just pay homage to my lord and savior jesus christ i want to worship god right here and right now and just thank him for my life i want to thank him for saving me i want to thank him for picking me up out of the pit and dusting me off i want to thank him for delivering me from so many addictions from so many problems from so much trouble i want to thank him for everything that he has done for me because if it wasn't for jesus i would not be here right now. I would not be recording podcasts right now. God knows what I would be into if I did not answer the call. But I firmly believe that the Lord will allow you to be brought down to a certain level. Just a deep, dark place that you have to experience that only he can pull you out of. He is willing to allow these things to occur just so that you can get saved, just so that your soul will be preserved on the day of judgment, just so that the the blood of Christ can cover you and pay for your sins just because God loves us that much. I want to thank him. For the family that he's given me, the blessings that he's given me, the opportunities that he's given me, by no means am I saying that my life is perfect because it's far from perfect. But he has given me contentment to be satisfied and happy 
with what I have right now. The Bible says that he that can be trusted with a little can also eventually be trusted with a lot. We are to pray for contentment and to joy, be happy in what the Lord blesses us with each and every day. A lot of us pray for things to come to pass that we want different good things that we want to happen in our lives. But we need to take a moment and ask ourselves, are we worthy? Are we being good stewards with the time in which we were given upon this earth with the things that we already possess? These are questions that we need to be answering every single day before we ask God for anything. Hallelujah. God is good all the time, every time. So it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. How there are people on this earth. Who have absolutely no fear of the Lord. No fear of the Lord. There is a, there's this evil, wicked, antichrist spirit. That is running rampant around the entire world right now. To where there is no fear of the Lord in the lands. People do as they please. They don't care about kindling the anger of the Lord. They don't care about blaspheming his name. They don't care about sinning. They don't care about their salvation. They don't care. This generation is the most godless generation that I've ever seen. And I've talked to people who are older than me, generations older than me in their 50s and their 60s and 70s and 80s. And they all say the same thing, that it seems like people are just falling away from God now more than ever and giving in to the lust of the flesh. They're, they're the fleshly desires in which they want to do. They're giving in to them and they're not giving in to God. They're not repaying respect to God. They're not worshiping God. They have created their own gods. They're idols. And they've cast aside the, the creator of the universe. Satan is hard at work. And like I said, the Antichrist spirit, it's all over the place. You know, there was a time, you know, if you take time, you know, when we when we talk about reading the scriptures, I was just talking to my wife about this the other day. That a lot of times you can buy a Bible with just the New Testament only. You You hardly can find a Bible with. The Old Testament. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but you hardly can find a Bible with the Old Testament. Now, we do have some false beliefs out there. Judaism, for one, even though they kind of had it right in the beginning, but once they start getting to the New Testament, they reject it. So they have it all wrong. But you can buy New Testaments by themselves because it's getting to the point of being saved. But, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the Old Testament. You know, there were so many stories in the Old Testament 
about what happens to people, nations who decided that they did not want to obey God. They decided that they wanted to go their own way. They decided that they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to worship false gods and molded images, Moloch and Balaam and all of these other false gods. And except for the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, which who has repeatedly stated, I have brought you out of Egypt, out of bondage. He constantly reminds them of that, but they still want to do what they want to do. And I can't tell you how many times throughout the Old Testament that God, when God gives you over to your fleshly desires, nothing good comes from it. Nothing, nothing good comes from it. Punishment, judgment, pain, death. That's what happens when you don't take heed to the Lord. When you don't obey what it is he wants us to do, how he wants us to live our lives, it never leads to anything good. Even though we are in this age of grace to where the Lord is willing to forgive anybody because the Bible does tell us he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. If we confess our sins, he will help us. He will help change our hearts so that we will not continuously fall in those sins. But you got people who are just stepping all over the grace of God every single day. They're spitting on his name every single day. They're trying to utilize grace as a license to sin. Paul told us, do we have a right to sin because of grace? God forbid. God forbid. Grace is abound. It is and it is a expression of the true love and compassion that God has on his children, that God has on this world. But yet there are people who don't care. They don't care. Because there is no fear of the Lord in this land. People have no problem wallowing in sin, committing fornication on a daily basis. You know, I was outside the other day and I heard one of my neighbors arguing. Apparently, there's trouble in paradise. It was a man and there was two women and he was going back and forth with this girl saying, you know, um, so this woman has never done anything for me and she hasn't really given me a reason to be faithful. So this is why I cheat on her. This is why I go to her because she doesn't have it together. And it just, you know, I just shook my head. I just shook my head because it, it just amazes me how people can be so blind and so deep in the sin that they can't even see the deception in which they are practicing on a daily basis. You know, a lot of these people that are living together, boyfriend and girlfriends, you know, they want to try to justify their actions. Oh, we're in a monogamous relationship. Oh, we're committed. We're not doing anything outside of the confounds of our relationship. But you're not married. You're still fornicating. You're still having sex outside of marriage. And if you watch my, my YouTube channel, you, you know that I talk about that a lot. I talk about it. I put emphasis on it because it's 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 one of those sins that's that people has accepted as being normal. 
Just like people have accepted homosexuality as being normal when the Bible calls it an abomination. It's just like people have um, accepted transgenderism as being normal when that's also an abomination trying to change the DNA of an individual, which is impossible. But with the evil and wickedness that go on in these laboratories and these satanic doctors, they definitely try to make it possible when it's not possible. All of these evil things continuously happen because there is no fear of the Lord in this land. No fear. Abortions. Abortions take place every single day. Lately, there's been this hashtag going around saying, save the children, save the youth. It's primarily gearing towards human trafficking, children trafficking, um, fighting against pedophilia. All of these things I completely agree with. I do not feel like it sees the light of day. I do not feel like it gets the attention that it deserves. And I do feel like it's a serious issue that happens that tends to get swept under the rug by the current narrative that's going on in the world right now. It does need to be addressed. But what about all of the children that are slaughtered in the womb? People have turned abortion into a political issue. And it's not, it, it should not be a political issue. It should be a common sense morality issue that you do not go into the womb of a woman and destroy the life of another. Whether you consider it human, a fetus, an embryo, whatever the case may be, if you kill it, you have committed murder. There is no justification about it. Make no mistake, just because, just because the law of the land does not deem it murder does not mean that God does not deem it murder and it does not mean that God is not going to judge those individuals who have killed these children. It does not mean he's not going to judge those individuals who partook in the abortion. Judgment is coming to these people. All for the sin of fornication. People go get abortions every single day because they don't want the responsibility of taking care of a child. They don't want the responsibility of raising another human being. They want to continue living their life. They want to continue going out partying. They want to continue sinning. So they commit a sin so that they can continue in their sin. It's a deadly cycle. And it's because there is no fear of the Lord in this land no fear and for me to sit up here and say that it makes me tremble because there are consequences for the actions in which we partake in on this earth a lot of people like to say only God can judge me but I don't really think they comprehend what that means only God can judge me. When God judges, it's just. It's absolute. There is no mistakes. There is no take backs. What he decides to do with you has been determined by your own actions. And if you have not repented of your sins, and you stand before him without the blood of Jesus Christ on you, 
you will go to hell. There is no pleading. There is no bargaining. God has instructed us all. And we all know what's right and wrong. We can pretend as if we don't. But we all know what is right and wrong. Because the Lord has written it on our conscience. He's written it on the table. His commandments on the tables of our heart. He, he, we know what we should and should not be doing. But yet people do it anyway. They do it anyway because there's no fear. No fear of the Lord in this land. I remember the parable of the rich man that Jesus spoke of the rich man of Lazarus not not the Lazarus that 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 came out of the cave but it was an old poor man named Lazarus and the rich man of Lazarus died you know and the rich man ended up going to hell and Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom you know at the time Abraham's bosom was down in the heart of the earth and you could see each other. And here's a man who had no regard for human life, who walked past poor people, homeless people all the time, who only cared about his riches and put his trust in his riches. Remember, the Bible says, for what is the profit of man to gain the whole world and then lose his soul? Well, the rich man's perfect example of that. He goes to hell and he's screaming and yelling and saying, Lord, Lord. You know, can I go back and warn people of this place? They don't need to come here. They don't need to come here. Couldn't do it. Because once you're dead, you're dead. You know, a lot of people, they, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Some of you may not like this, but I'm going to say it. A lot of people try to profit off this type of stuff. And they say things like, well, I spent 60 seconds, eight minutes in hell. And I came back. Or, or, or the Lord showed me hell. And I came back. And I got a message. And then they try to sell these books. Telling them about their experience. And so, and the same thing goes for the people that say they went to heaven and came back. The Bible says, doesn't say anything about anybody going to heaven and coming back to life. Unless you're Jesus Christ. Because once you're in, in the presence of the Lord and you're there, you're there. There's no coming back to earth. I mean, the only time that ever happened was with John. That was a special case. The disciple that Jesus loved. He showed them and revealed to him the things that are in heaven so that we may have the book of Revelation. You know? But everybody, you got a lot of people that are trying to fall suit and say that, well, I saw heaven and I saw Jesus and I saw God. And, and you know, just come on, man. Let's get real. Does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with the Bible? Nine times out of ten, it doesn't. It doesn't. There is no coming back when you're dead. You stand before God and you are judged According to your works. For the Bible says that every man will be just according to his works. According to whether you have accepted the free, free, let me say it again, free gift of Jesus Christ. It is literally 
the easiest choice that a person can make is coming to Christ. Why do people try to make this so difficult and so hard? Why do people love their sin so much? Why do they enjoy the cesspool of filthiness and wickedness so much overcoming the glory in Christ? There's no fun in sin. And there's definitely no fun in hell. You got a lot of people who want to have their cake and eat it. Oh, well, God is not good. He doesn't send good people to hell. Oh, that's not a very good loving God, don't you think? You know, you can say whatever you want. You can try to manipulate and you can try to mold the personality of God to your liking all that you want but that does not change the nature of God and who he is the Bible says that God is a God of love but he's also a God of wrath but he's also a God of justice it says these things Justice must be upholding with every individual. It does not matter what you think. It does not matter what you say. People, and I repeat, people send themselves to hell because they have no fear of the Lord in their hearts. They have chosen to side with the world, the things of the world, the ways of the world. They've chosen their side. In the book of Matthew, Jesus tells us that heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words shall never pass away. Never. The book of Revelation, it tells us that the Lord will wipe away. Every tear from our eyes and there will be no more death, no more pain, no more suffering. For we will be dwelling in the new kingdom. When you hear all of these wonderful things, it's it, it makes you wonder, like, am I right with God? Am I sure I want to dwell in the place that I'm headed? Because it's a legitimate question. I've heard some people say some crazy things like, you know what? I hate God so much that I don't mind going to hell. I'm going to go to hell and we're going to be partying this, that, and the third. Folks, no, no, no. I personally do not think that the human mind can comprehend the torment of hell. I also don't believe our minds have the ability to comprehend the glory of heaven. I think it's going to have to be one of those cases where you're just going to have to see it to believe it. You have to be there to understand it. You know, the only thing we really have to go on is what the word of God says and how it explains both heaven and hell and our imagination. When it comes to describing hell, the Bible is clear. It is a place of, of um, grieving the gnashing of teeth. A place of everlasting damnation, tor torment, 
complete separation of God. There are scriptures that say it is the blackness of darkness. Just, just miserable, misery, completely. And then you have your scriptures about heaven, which is perfect, beautiful, peaceful. The definition of tranquility and serenity. And also the bonus of being in the presence of God. That's in a nutshell what the, what the scriptures say about heaven and hell. But again, not everybody hears this message. Not everybody thinks about these things because they're too busy with their life, with their own lives. They're busy doing things with themselves. They're occupied and it's dangerous. It is dangerous, folks, to be that way. Very dangerous. Many ministers and many preachers and evangelists spend day after day, week after week preaching, sharing the gospel with the world like we're commanded to, doing the work of the kingdom like we're commanded to, in hopes that people will be saved, in hopes that people will listen, in hopes that people will come to the truth. That is why we put so much time into doing this. Because we understand that the reality is that one day the hourglass is going to run out and that we're going to die and be judged. And when we take our last breath, we'll stand before the Lord and we shall be judged. If you're right with the Lord and you're saved in Christ, you got nothing to worry about. But if you're not, you got everything to worry about. Many, many people love to pay for insurance, like life insurance, car insurance, fire insurance, health insurance, and the list just goes on and on and on. You know, insurance. What is insurance? Insurance is, is like a, it's a just-in-case clause. It's a just-in-case-you-need-help clause so that you don't have to pay out of pocket. Because most, pe most people don't really have the money to pay things out of pocket. Because most services are expensive. What about our souls? Don't you think your soul needs insurance too? Have it, has anybody ever even thought about that before? Have you ever considered the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ is insurance for your soul? To ensure that you don't burn in hell forever? To ensure that you don't go to the lake of fire? Do you not know that once you're there, you're there, you don't come out? For the Bible says that life as we see it is but a vapor. It's like mist. It's, it's, it's not very long. But eternity, that is everything. That's what it's all about. Where we dwell forever. And Jesus is the insurance to ensure that we, when we get in trouble, or should I say when we pass away, that we don't have to pay out the pockets for our sins. Because sin, sin is like credit on a credit card. You can use your credit card to your heart's content, but eventually you're going to have to pay that balance off. Sins the same way. You can keep sinning. You're having fun. You're doing all these things that you want to do. But eventually you're going to have to pay for that. 
In the book of Romans, it tells us that the wages of sin is death. Which means that when you die without Christ, if you don't have insurance, if you don't got the blood of Christ, I'm telling you, it's free. <laughs> it's free. Unlike all this other insurance that makes you pay a, a whole lot. Family of five, six, seven hundred dollars for health insurance, which is ridiculous. But when you die and you got insurance, salvation in Christ, you don't got to pay for your sins. You don't have to pay for them. But if you die without Christ, you have to pay for your sins with your life, with your soul. And in exchange for that, you go to hell. Rightfully so. Judged down the middle. No error. What you get is on you. It is time for people to wake up and realize that this world is going in a direction that it's not going to turn away from. This world is going in a direction that's headed straight for damnation. We're about to get ready for this new world order. Mass mandates are all over the place. We got this crazy election coming up. This is the time for everybody to be praying. If you're not saved, you need to go ahead and do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Please. Please do it. Please. And while we're here, maybe you somebody out there that's not saved. I didn't even plan to do this. Oh, gosh. God is so good. I just picked up my Bible and then flipped it right to the gospel. Let's, now, listen. If you're somebody out there who's listening to this and you're not saved by the blood of Christ, if you don't have insurance for your soul, Here's how you be saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached to you, which also ye have received and where ye stand in, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believe in vain. For I delivered you First of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. The Bible tells us that the Lord died for our sins. And he rose again on the third day, defeating death, taking the keys to death and hell. Releasing those people down in Abraham's bosom so that they may dwell in paradise forever and ever. And whosoever shall believe, all you got to do is just believe on the work that the Lord did on the cross and you'll be saved. That's it. No premium payments, no monthly payments of insurance. Just you're sealed. Until the day of redemption. You're sealed. That's all you got to do to be saved, folks. This is not the time to be playing around. Because we, you, you look around us, the, the fear of the Lord is nowhere. Nowhere. Society doesn't care about God. The world doesn't care about God. Satan has a vice grip on this world. 
And he's got it in stone. But we still got saints that are all over the all over the globe, still fighting, still worshiping, still sharing the gospel, still fighting the good fight, like Paul said. I got a couple of scriptures here. And it says, Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The Bible tells us not to fear man. You know, man can kill the body, but they can't kill your soul. You know, they can, they can, they can, they can take your body out, but they can't take your life. A lot of people like to say, you took his life. He took his life. No, the life doesn't end. All souls belong to God. They return to God. But this scripture is telling us that it's not men we need to fear. It's God we need to fear. If, if, if we have somebody, in this case God, who has the ability to destroy both body and soul, do you not believe that that is somebody that we should fear? And when I say fear, I'm not talking about being scared of and trembling. I'm talking about a healthy fear. Healthy fear. Maybe that may be a, um, not, not really a, a relevant or something that you've heard of typically about being healthy. Because, you know, we like to associate fear with negativity. But let me just give you an example of a healthy fear. Like, you know, my children, for instance. My kids... You know, they're, 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 they range between five and, and, and almost 14. And they all respect me. They do. They respect me. They don't talk back. They don't do things that they know will get themselves in trouble. Because there is a healthy fear there. You have to couple that word with respect as well. Like, they have enough respect and enough fear to know that if they cross a certain line, there are going to be consequences. So because of that, that fear stays in their heart, not for their lives or not for their safety, but, you know, for the fact that they don't want to get themselves in trouble. So they choose to adhere to the rules at home so that we can keep peace in these walls so that we can keep love and joy in these walls they always keep that healthy fear in mind so that nothing goes wrong that is the type of fear that the lord demands the fear of the lord i mean we got proverbs 1 7 it says the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge Fools despise wisdom and instructions. When you fear God, you increase in knowledge. You increase in wisdom. You learn things because you choose to obey God, living in complete obedience. All of that ties in with the fear of the Lord. But when you abandon that, nothing but bad things happen. Nothing but horrible things happen when the fear of the Lord is not present. And if you don't believe me, go back and read the Old Testament and look at what happens to where you just completely disobey God. 
and choose to do what you want. Look at what happens. Nothing ever good came from disobeying God. So my hope and prayer is that there are people in this world, that the people in this world come to the realization that they're not going to live forever here on earth. And that one day they're going to be judged. And that they will get their lives correct and get their lives right and get saved. Because the fact is, you're going to be judged one day. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to get right, you know, give me a little time. and You don't have any time. There is no time. Each and every one of us has a, an expiration date. We have an expiration date. We have a time period that we're, we're going to leave Earth. And you don't know when that is. I don't know when that is. Only God knows when that is. Do you really want to take that chance? Do you really want to wait until the last minute? Because people who, in this case, you may be able to get away with some things on earth waiting at the last minute. But this definitely is not something you want to wait till the last minute to do. Because the last minute is it. You, you, you don't die and then you open your eyes in the presence of God. I repent of my sins. I accept Jesus as my Savior. No, 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 no. You had your chance. Preachers have preached to you while you were alive. You've heard the message of salvation while you were in the church. You've turned down individuals when they asked you to come to church. People have tried to preach to you and you said you didn't want to hear it. You cursed them out. You called them all type of names. You threw away gospel tracts that people gave to you, that brave believers in Christ gave to you. And I say brave because it takes a lot of nerve to go out into these wicked streets preaching. It takes a lot of nerve because I've seen preachers get stuff thrown on them. I've seen preachers get spit on. I've seen preachers get cussed out and called out of their names. I've seen preachers had their property destroyed. I've seen preachers get arrested unlawfully just for preaching the word of God, just for preaching the gospel, just for telling the truth and love. But this world does not know how to receive the truth. So I call them brave soldiers in Christ. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of bravery and nerve to do that. It does. So to the individual, to the unsaved person, take this as a warning. Take it as a warning. Get saved. The fear of the Lord may not be in this land, but it doesn't have to be not present in your heart. The Bible tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. On our own. Because each and every one of us will stand before him alone. Just as if you were, just as you were born by yourself, you will pass away alone. You will stand before the presence of God alone. You will be just alone. Do not think, do not think that your family, that your friends, that your associates, that anybody can help you during that time period. This is a personal decision each and every one of us are going to have to make. And this is not something we should hesitate doing. God bless each and every one of you. I really, really appreciate you all very much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those of you on YouTube. Thank you for watching. And if you are not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please be sure to go ahead and do that. Uh, channel Biblical Truth Central. Also, visit www.biblicaltruthcentral.com. Check out my website. 
um, in these last days, we need to stay connected. We need to stay on top of things. We need to keep each other accountable, folks. When one brother falls, another one needs to pick him up. When one sister falls, another one needs to pick her up. We need to, we're in this together. Body of Christ, we're in this together. Thank you very much for listening. I will see you all in the next episode. God bless. Peace.